0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Legion 99 podcast, your source for the latest tactics, news, battle reports, hobby talk, and general Legion chatter.
1: All right, and welcome back everybody to the Legion 99 podcast. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm here today with Pat and Rich, two of my good friends who are helping me out lately. How are you guys doing today?
0: Doing great. Doing great.
2: I'd say good's an exaggeration, but we are friends. So.
1: <laughs>
2: nice, to see. nice to see you guys and be in uh, separate pets today, so that's that's good.
1: Uh yes. Yes. It's a it's a lowly voice, huh? It's a deep cut. <laughs> but yeah, so we're back. Um we're gonna talk a little bit more focused today than some of the previous episodes. We're gonna talk a little bit about um what exactly is a meta when it comes to something like competitive gaming. We'll talk about what you would expect to actually see at a competitive event. You know, obviously, we're shifting into uh, worlds starting in about a week and a half, so people are starting to play some of their final warm-up tournaments, nail down those final details, and we'll go over some of that a little bit. Uh, some feedback we've gotten lately is that everybody has been talking that, like, oh, clones are the bad guys, clones are the bad guys, but then no one actually talks about the counters to them. We just talk about the new Ewok lists, and it can be a little confusing. So we're going to talk about actual clone counters today and do they work. Yep. You know? All of us have played a lot of clones recently we've played both with and against them so we'll give some first-hand knowledge there uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about lists that we've been playing recently getting set for worlds ourselves and some of the dark horse lists that we expect to see do pretty well in adepticon and then depending on the time we might wrap up one of our uh our best worst segments but um, we'll see how that goes here today but rich i think this was mostly your idea to start with here do you want to talk First, what you think the the definition of a meta is or what you're actually talking about when we say that about a, a competitive game?
0: Yeah, so a meta is what are the set of lists that you should expect to see uh, that are competitively viable at your higher end events? Uh, obviously, there are local metas that uh, you might see in your local stores or your local game tournaments. Um, but as you get wider and higher up in in the tournament structure... What are you seeing on a regular basis? What is going to do well? What is probably going to make uh, a top eight cut?
1: Yeah, and I think it's what makes a top eight cut consistently. You know, we're not talking about, you know, one LVO tournament just as a recent example where a list does well, places top four, like just because it shows up there does not mean it's a meta list. But if we're talking about four or five larger 60-person tournaments in a row and you see that list there, that's what we're talking about as a consistent finalist. Um, for those of you who aren't fully aware as well, um, meta does stand for most efficient tactic available. So technically it's it can be watered down to what's the best thing that I can play. Um, and one of the things that Legion has is it arguably has a very very wide meta. And we may have a little Can you hear oh, me? okay,
0: okay? Uh, so yeah, one of the things that I also think uh you should consider while thinking of meta is lists that can hard counter what you are trying to do that are going to regularly appear as well. Um, because, for instance, we haven't seen Tempest Force uh, really have a breakout hit in in uh, the top eight uh, of tournaments. However, I would say that you still need to be aware that people are going to play those kinds of lists because they appeal to a, a type of gamer uh that most competitive games have um and so for a tempest force if you don't have something that can handle what they do uh you're you're gonna be screwed so it is in the meta, even though it hasn't necessarily climbed to the top of the meta
1: so does that does that make it part of the meta, or does that just mean that it's something like a skew or a counter list that you should be aware of? Because I do think there's a difference when you're planning, you know, planning for an event.
0: I I think that's a good question. Uh, so I said to you the other day, uh, that I think the current meta is wider and deeper than people think. Uh, and when I say it's wider, I think that it stretches out further. Uh, than people are seeing that can be competitive, and can be viably competitive in the meta. Uh, Tempest Force would be one of those. And deeper, as in the list variety that you can see within a faction, uh, are further expanded than you could you could possibly think in variation. So, like in in the time that you and I have been talking about uh, Yoda, Yoda and, and clones, we've we've made a variation of that same list. Uh, with Yoda in arcs or Yoda in phase twos, in every combination possible. Uh, that I think are all competitively viable and have a chance to pull the top eight if they were playing by a good pilot.
1: How right, How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I think
2: there's definitely a lot of um. I'll take it here, a lack of creativity and a lot of list building in Legion because, you know, somebody sees people are doing well with stuff and they just run with it. Um, I do think ignoring the elephant in the room would be a little ridiculous because clones are really good right now. So everybody's, like, that is the main meta. Um, Things that maybe do well, as we'll try and get into later, are also going to be meta because this is the main thing. You're going to need something to attack the biggest, you know, threat out there. Um, and there's gonna be a lot of them. So I think I think the points are pretty good. Um, but I think especially with the new units coming out, it's gonna shift pretty quickly, maybe because we don't know exactly how all these new units are gonna interact with each other. So I'm actually excited for that. But yeah, I, I think spot on there's gonna be and there's an extensive way in Legion of things that counter each other somewhat well that you have to think about all these options. And uh, you don't want to have the master of none, good at everything type of list because you're just going to get beat by a lot of really good stuff. So you just kind of have to pick one matchup that you're just going to suck it up and lose. Or at least be in a non-favorable position going into
1: that. Right, like you might start at like a 30-70 win percentage. It's something like that. You know, if you're talking about yeah. like a clone ball versus a bombing run skew. You know, you can win it because yeah. you can just kill everything that they have, but it's going to be pretty difficult to to actually make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I'll kind of agree that I do think there's a lot of different lists that can compete are competitive, but I slightly disagree in that Legion has a very wide meta because I think I'll still be pedantic and say there's probably two or three top lists, but like you said, there's not a lot of creativity at them. I shouldn't say that there can be a lack of creativity at the moment when it comes to Legion list building and the sample size for games that people play for Legion is honestly very tiny. You know, we really don't play a lot of games. And even if you're talking about playing, you know, like, Oh, I played like 10 to 15 reps with my list. That's a lot. It's really not that many.
0: Not going to Europe at least.
1: (laughs) It's a, it's a small sample size and it's a sample size that includes dice variants. And like, that's a major factor. It's not like you're playing a card game and you're going to go run eight games against the gauntlet of lists in a day. And then the next day I'm going to go back and do another eight. And now I've played 16 in a week and I'm playing 50, 50 a month. You know, I might be playing 10 to 15 over three months with Legion. You know, just the, the amount of reps that you get is a little bit different just do the the length of the game.
2: And those 10 to 15 could be very different skill gap and players, different quality of lists. Like you can test it a bunch of, against the different a bunch of different stuff or a bunch of different people. But let's be honest, if it's, if it's one of the top tier players in the world and they're playing an average player, I don't think it's going to matter too much. You're not going to get a lot of data from that. So it's good that they seem to be practicing against each other for everybody but us. (laughs) But but yeah, I don't, I don't, but to your point, you don't get enough data in a three hour game because there's not enough time for a ton of games,
1: unfortunately. And a little bit of a side note, but a skill that a lot of players take some time to develop. That's just, I'll say a little bit unique to Legion and maybe dice games in general is that if you're playing a testing game and somebody has let's say a turn two roll that they go eleven for eleven on a on a die roll out on B ones and you just wipe your hero, you want you sometimes you have to walk that back and say okay you know statistically he should have taken two wounds here let's bump it up to three maybe four because it's a bad roll and just kind of re-rack it because you don't want to waste your data points especially if you've invested all this time to get it set up. And I think even that can skew lists where it comes into, oh well, you know, I played this clone ball that just ran into Tempest Force and I rolled six crits and I killed the ATST in a turn. I didn't really have impact. I don't need it. And that's not a good data point, but sometimes that gets taken into account.
2: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Yeah, knowing when to reset your 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 table or your your round. Uh, well, trying things out is definitely a skill to learn while practicing, uh, because you only you like Mike said, realistically, us here in the United States, we're not getting as many games as they are out in Europe, uh, where they're playing every weekend, every minute. It seems like they're they they got another tournament going that's 50 to 60 people, and they're getting a lot of good games. And uh, usually, if you're you're getting one in a week, you're feeling pretty pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel good about like one every other week right now. <laughs>
1: but yeah. ship, shifting gears just a little bit, but staying within this general umbrella, um, if we've kind of defined what a what a meta is in, in loose terms, let's kind of talk about some of the lists that you'd expect to see at a competitive event. You know, if you're going to an Adepticon warm-up event, um, if you're going to the last chance qualifier, like what are you Rich, what are you looking for and potentially not trying to counter, but being able to have an answer for in your own list.
0: Well, we all know that clones are the bad the bad guys right now. We're, we're all in a clone meta. Uh, and so you want to have a way to, if you're playing clones yourself, like I usually do, uh, you're looking to make sure that uh, you're able to handle the things that clones really do well. Uh, you know, getting a lot of uh, tokens over co- tokens, getting a lot of... Uh, shots over cover getting a lot of shots through dodges uh these are things that you know clone squads can can do pretty nastily um you're also looking to see you know what could i do poorly against so rebel long range guns right now are are pretty popular i think overall uh the ewok list the wookie list uh maybe even geo spam are all going to be really uh, hard for, for clones to deal with because they do specific things uh, in overwhelming fashion. Uh, and, and those are the things that I would expect to see. I, I also feel like uh, Empire has some unexplored territory uh, that you should be aware of. Blizzard is not dead uh tempest is somehow still alive uh and you know dark troopers they're scary still they're real scary they can do some scary things
1: yeah i think kind of boiling down what you said there there's like three main archetypes i kind of heard repeating there uh, i should say four so obviously you've got your clone ball um you mentioned things like um sorry Tempest and uh, Remnant. And both of those are armor. Um, you know, we're talking Dark Troopers, you're talking ATSTs. Um, you will see the occasional uh, clone saber tank list, as I saw it PAX a few times. <laughs> um, you'll see long range gun lines. You know, if you're talking Cassian, you're talking um, Ahsoka support for Cassian, the FD turrets, those are still really effective. Um, and they've kind of faded in popularity at the moment. But I, I'd be shocked if you didn't see a fair number of them show back up for, for Chicago. And then um, you're also talking horde armies or horde slash melee skews. You know, you're talking your Ewoks, your Wookiees. Um, depending on how you want to classify the Geonosians, I think they're a little more like a flank, but that would be more of like a speeder bike stylist with the, the Geonosians. But there's a number of different archetypes you have to be prepped for. And um, going off of... Let's kind of talk about some of the like skirmisher stylists then. Um Arguably, the two biggest ones that we have would be the new, newfangled Geonosian lists, and then we also still have things like Blizzard that have the mass speeder bikes. Um, Pat, do you want to talk a little bit about how, you know, do you think the Geonosians might fare in in the upcoming tournaments? Kind of more of that that skirmish hit-and-run style?
2: I think if their dice are hot, they're going to be terrifying on a good table, because the 9 cover, or even, I guess, if you have a couple of rough saves with, as a clone player, your red dice, I mean, that's what... You don't rely on your dice, but you need them to not necessarily completely fail you as you run low model armies. And I think if the geos get some some big rolls and you have a couple of whiffs, you're in you're in trouble quick because they're gonna have a lot of bodies. They're denying your cover if they're played right, it seems. And honestly, I think there's gonna be a lot of interesting lists with the Geos, and I'm excited as a big Star Wars fan. It's nice to see them on the table. Slightly terrifying because I have no idea what they're going to do to my army. But uh, I think once they start losing guys, though, they're going to get cooked because saving, like, Ewoks, right? Non-surging white saves. Uh, They
1: they do have the surge, but they don't have any defensive tech. There's no cover, low profile, or agile, anything like that. (laughs) That,
0: The Chase Lansky (laughs) here in the podcast. I like... I do have to say that I like the GOs, not for, you know, getting the shots off, not for actually doing damage to to other people. I think uh, as a harasser, as a, I'm going to hit the the side of your army, I'm going to hit a weak spot uh, in the same fashion that Maul used to, that Bulba used to, uh, because of that triple move, they, they really do zip. They, they zip all over that board. Uh, and they can do some really neat uh, geo style tricks uh, that Maul has done, but in a mass fashion, uh, because you're now ha- seeing it on one to one to four or five units.
1: Yeah, they really. I think lists like that really stress your ability to position. Um, something that doesn't get talked about enough is how do you break down a table when you step up to it, and like where do you actually want to put your army? And when you're talking about playing, like, Blizzard Force against the Geonosians, I think that's where your main, your setup comes in, you know, knowing where they're coming from, knowing how quickly they can get from point A to point B to C, and then, therefore, where you place your own objectives, like your evaporators or your boxes, or what angles you take for breakthrough really come into play.
2: Yeah, I was going to add, their objective play is terrifying. Uh, With those extra moves, I mean, even, like, a late play, triple move on to your thing. You have one guy on, like you have to be ready for everything to your point of you need to be positioned perfectly, especially if you're getting out activated, like I'm sure they're going to be able to do for
1: you. Yeah. I actually just played um against them like three hours ago today. Uh, <laughs> I played a, I played a test game with Nick Um, and he was running some, some Geon Ocean spam for me. And uh, we played KP, which I thought would be really easy as a clone player there until I realized that um it's really hard to get away from, them just triple moving turn six to score, um, and they don't really need to get anywhere near the middle, uh, you know, to contest that point because they can just essentially stay at range three of the middle and then they move in and score. So uh, I played a pretty, had to play a pretty aggro game to to force them off of that. But I figured as soon as I banned away boxes and uh, breakthrough, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I've got key positions. I don't have to move. And then I realized I still have to chase them down,
0: <laughs> or that they could suddenly appear on what you thought was your safe KP. Uh, because, wow, three speed, two moves is a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually ended up putting my KP, not to battle report too much, but putting my KP pretty close to the middle, um, about as close as I could. It was like six and a half inches away, just so that I had the ability to shift my guys back if they suddenly flooded towards the home point. I didn't know if that was going to bite me too much with them being too close to it, but I didn't want to have to you know, leave two of my eight activations at home to deal with it.
2: Yeah. Seems like a double-edged sword's there. Because when you first said it, I was like, is he saying this is a mistake to leave it that close because they can get to it that much easier? I guess it depends on deployment and a lot of other things. Because, like you said, you don't want to waste too many units. Um, Safe. Keeping your safe one safe, which it should be, in basically every matchup. But it seems like it might not be. Or uh do you just make them try to go after that and just smoke them when they do?
0: I think that's a good way to segue into the how do you counter clones Uh, because one of the ways that you you do counter clones is by being mobile uh, using maneuverability to counter their ability to just ball up, uh, making it so that they have to fight on multiple friends or you have to move at a moment's notice can take away their tokens and if you take away their tokens uh, you have a little bit of a better ability to crack into them
1: Yeah, movement is a really good way to put it. Um, You know, your average average clone list right now is eight to nine activations. Um, Two of those eight are single model, which usually are are Jedi or Padme lists, and another one tends to be an Echo Strike. So it's another one that doesn't have a a great deal of wound capability. You can't really hang it off by itself. So you have to really, I shouldn't say have to, one of the things that you can do is you can really spread it out, and you can try to pull the clones apart to another side Um, my follow-up question to that would be for both of you guys as clone players, does that actually work or is it a little bit more of a, like a paper strategy? Cause I don't know if that answer is crystal clear, you know, as a, as a blanket statement.
2: I think it's easier to deal with, with arcs (laughs) because they get, you know, that semi-free action. Uh, Their shots hit a lot harder. They're probably still getting the lethal off because they get named for moving. Um, So, if you don't have them in your list, you probably should. <laughs> Especially with Geo's <laughs> trying to make you run around the uh, the map here. You're going to want fast units that can keep up. But I think it's very uh, objective dependent and deployment dependent on what they're able to force you to do. So I think, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, when you're playing a clone person, you have to force one or the other to be terrible for them. Um, and if you're not, you're not going to have a good time probably because... I mean, they're the army that's supposed to be elite at small numbers, and they are. They might need a tweak, but like you need to force them to do the things they don't want to do. Um, sure. I don't think it works the greatest, but there are definitely plays to be made where you're forcing them to do things they don't want to do, and you're
0: gonna win the game because of it. You need you need to leverage that bid, uh, that your list should be having if it is not the 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 fist, the hammer, whatever you want to call it, uh, because. If you have a bid, uh, you're bidding to have that objective. You're bidding to have uh, that deployment in condition. And you definitely want to make sure that your battle deck reflects the objectives that clones are not great at. You know, the breakthroughs, the the uh, bombing runs. Uh, I, I don't think you should take payload, but maybe sabotage uh, if you're playing the Geos. Uh, it you know, depending on what your list is, you definitely want to take the right objective for it to be able to outmaneuver them into having to play a game on a different front than they want to.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned bid because I think when it comes to a movement based list, there's two things that actually make it effective and that's activation count and bid. Um, if you're playing something like a blizzard Force at 800 points, clone player doesn't feel terrible, um, You've, you're probably capped at nine, maybe ten activations. It depends if you have Vader or not, and the clone player is equal to that. So if you're playing Breakthrough, you've got all these fragile speeder bikes that are are viable to get shot down by the arcs. Get their free aim when they move. Um, if you're playing something like Payload, same thing happens, and the clone player can force a three by three skirmish where you're just going to win under weight of numbers. Um, if you're playing Bombing Run at that stage, especially if you're against Yoda. Having free actions to move your own players with Padme's 2-Pip with Yoda's Guidance actually gives you a number of ways to pick up the bomb and almost play goalie when the speeder bikes come and drop it. So it's still not a terrible matchup. So, you know, Blizzard doesn't exactly do very well there when it's, um, I shouldn't say that, she doesn't do consistently well when they're only playing with nine activations and may or may not have that force user there. I think if you're trying to play towards something like that, you you might actually see some of these STAP uh, Geonosian lists coming forward where they have the 12 activations and they can go three or four times after the clone player has gone and they just have more mobility and it's not tied to just three units. 12 um, yeah. activation stats, what are we in, 2022? Uh, <laughs> there's some pretty nasty Geonosian stat <laughs> lists that I think you'll see.
2: And they're um, units that are more effective than B1s like they were in the list back then.
1: Yeah, the stats are definitely not the issue when it comes to the uh, the high activation triple speeder lists, but if you have a core and a potentially even a bounty hunter plus the core plus the stabs that can go along with them there's some some real nasty combinations as I think we'll talk about a little later um, but I think that's I think you guys hit the nail on the head there force them to move and take a bid so that you can play your objectives with your higher ax um one of the other counters that we've seen bandied about against clones and you know proposed ourselves as well is high velocity spam um two questions for that do we actually see it and when we do see it, how effective
0: does it actually turn out to be? You do see it. I I question its uh, its strength. I feel like oftentimes their dice pools are still too small uh, to effectively uh, stop me from doing what I want to do when I'm playing Yoda and clones, um, because eventually I'm going to be able to move into range and, and eat. And eat well.
2: Yeah, I think especially with uh, the majority of players, even the Anakin players, obviously Yoda players always have barrier because he's got so many slots, and it's dumb not to take it if you can. Like maybe maybe Rebel snipers or Imperial snipers are getting one through. I mean, obviously there's Cassian, but even his, if he's only getting one through, it's getting buried. Um, I don't know if some of that stuff needs tweaking or if it needs to stay the way it is so clones aren't just useless because otherwise you just take high velocity everything and they're they're cooked. But yeah, I mean, the one-off or them needing to hit crits is just not exactly something I'm terribly scared of because if you get into range where your whole unit can shoot like, say, Rebel Commandos, they're losing high velocity once they add another die to that pool. So then dodges are in there and, you know, they have a ton of those. So... <laughs> uh not something I'm terribly worried about and I do not run barrier so I might lose a model that's okay
1: yeah there's a couple couple things there is when you're talking about high velocity spam you're generally talking about Galactic Civil War strike teams and then Aiden and Cassian Um, both Aiden and Cassian are pretty effective against things that are actively good at the moment like armor spams like like clones but the rest of the army isn't exactly cut out to do that Um, Rich you mentioned that when the, gl- when the gun line closes to three, they just eat. I mean, it's it's tough to stay alive when you're talking about two wound white save models, even if they have low profile. Yeah, yes. you, can o- you can only hide the snipers for so long, especially when you can't do the peekaboo like you used to. If the leader stays alive and doesn't teleport, um, you know, it's going to die in two shots. Which, and, and then you start to lose your activation advantage.
2: Let's be honest, Echo's going to pop them real
1: quick. Yeah. Th-
2: that crit one, they're just... One of them's gone this turn, and one of them's gone next turn. And actually, you can probably hit them with the other Sniper once the first one's gone.
1: Yeah, you've got enough aims loaded up to get a crit through somehow. Yeah. Um. So that, I mean, that makes it tough. And I think another thing is that those lists really aren't effective against the meta. You know, Sniper Spam, Galactic Civil War Sniper Spam is not great against armor. It doesn't have the bodies to chew through Ewoks. It just gets melted by Wookiees, and... If it runs into something like Dark Troopers, it like can't even damage them unless they get lucky. So while you do see some of that high velocity in the in the sense of Iden and Cassian, the spam itself isn't super great against things that are good at the moment. So it, it kind of gets beaten down. And then we haven't even talked about Boil. You know, if most players, if most Clone players have some sort of access to Force Barrier, um, you then still have Boil to pull away the Pierce to where you want it to. And if you have Protector, there's not a whole lot they can do to actually show where the Pierce goes.
2: Yep, that's exactly why that's in my list without barrier, because I can just choose that Boyle's taking that one wound you tried to put on my Z6 or my 5s or whatever else I have in my list.
1: Rich, I think you said Kenobi.
0: It's one of the reasons why Kenobi is a a pretty strong contender to join the meta now, uh, just based off of the fact that he can counter the counter as it were um and and do it pretty effectively Uh, you know seeing Kenobi back at LVO uh reminded me just how good Padme really is um because she enables Anakin she enables Yoda she enables Kenobi uh, she enables all those ARC troopers and even the ATRT uh gets a little bit of a benefit from, from her.
1: Yeah, I always forget that she can actually share to vehicles with Exemplar. Yeah, Not can that we, we see change it the, that often, but...
2: Can we change the Clone Ball meta to the Padme meta and just call it what it is? I mean, she's in all of the top lists, right?
1: She is the common thread, yeah. She, she is the yeah. common
0: thread.
2: Uh, like, I, I want her to be good, but she, she might be the biggest problem in that faction, for sure.
0: I think it would help if we had another operative that wasn't R2-D2. Uh, just just the lack of options in that operative slot makes it so that, oh, well, I might as well, you know?
2: I mean, it's the faction that had the entire Clone Wars going on and did plenty of operative things. I don't know why their only operatives would be uh, Padme and R2, but, you know, it's only been four years. So I'm sure we'll get one at some point. We'll but this isn't about that. Sorry, guys. No. <laughs> all good,
1: all good. <laughs> Nothing that we said there is false. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she definitely helps keep Kenobi going as well. and you know the high velocity spam is still effective at taking single models or single wounds at a time, but I mean, as soon as you close on round three, there's not a whole lot they can do to stop it. and it generally doesn't have a lightsaber attached. So once Anakin or Yoda um, gets into the other army, there's really nothing they can do to stop it., uh, let's talk about armor. Because I think armor has a little bit of a wider range of topics, um, because there's really one faction that specializes in it, and that's the Empire. Um, and there's a couple different applications. You know, we could talk about dark troopers. We can talk about ATSTs and Gav tanks. Mm. Um, and when we when we talk about that, I also would like to just briefly say, if you're talk, sorry, I would like to briefly talk about how we actually plan to counter armor. Armor and not just via clones, but just in general. You know, we talked about the the counter skirmisher tactics earlier, and I think we could briefly touch on that for armor as well. Um, but Rich, if you're lining up against, you know, an armor list, let's take Dark Troopers for
0: instance. Uh, like, how are you planning for that? So, with Dark Troopers specifically, they are in a state where they cannot be ignored. They have two activations a turn, which means they're gonna do things. Uh, to your your game plan that you cannot anticipate. Uh, if I'm playing Yoda, my my plan is to get into them as soon as possible. Uh, get as many fire supports with the RPS in the clone squads. Uh, probably my ARC troopers as possible. Uh, so that I can get over their armor and get some Pierce in there. Uh, because you're gonna you're gonna need the multiple attacks and you're gonna need to really uh. Defend by being aggressive against them is is my feeling on them. Uh, the the other armor that you might see, whether it's the ATST or the GAV tank, the old adage has always been: you can ignore them and kill all of the things around them. And I think that is still true.
2: So uh, I'm going to piggyback on Rich here real quick, if you don't mind. Um, I think it's true to an extent with vehicles but if you're playing kp you got to get rid of it because it's just going to land on you at the end probably just things maybe stop you from getting to where you need to get to and i think those are to the point you said when uh when we started this segment of what do you recognize or try to recognize when you walk up to the table and see armor i think that's if you're playing a certain objective or deployment you need to realize whether or not you can ignore it because yeah i mean an AT i don't i don't care about but if we're playing an objective where it's going to get my way. I need to get rid of it.
1: And I think you said as well, Rich, that holds to tr- holds true to an extent until you see a skew. You know, if you see a single dark trooper, you can probably ignore it long enough to kill the things around it. If you see a single ATST, like you might in an Ewok army, you just kill everything else, and that's fine. If you're rolling three to four saves a turn from a two hundred point unit, so be it. You know, you're pretty happy with that with that trade off. Yeah. Um, when you talk about tempest, uh, I think that's another story. I do think you need to kill one ATST of the three. Um, you can still kind of kite two ATSTs. You can still survive that like eight dice a turn because you know that it's only two activations that can score. It gets a little hairy when you're rolling, you know, fourteen defensive saves a turn from the armor units that can score. Um, so you know, trying to trying to nuke one tends to work well in my experience. And if you're running into the other triple army armor list, that's good. The double dark Gav tank, uh, you have to kill one of them. Oh, I think you have to kill two there.
0: To yeah. be honest with you,
1: that's uh, fair because I think they're only there's seven. It's seven units, nine activations. Correct. I think yeah. we we're seeing for that. Yeah, it's
0: such it's such an underrated and nasty nasty list. It's pretty good. <laughs> but I've only point, had to play against fuel it fuel twice. One. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay.
2: No, if you, uh, if you get rid of two of them, they have five activations. You should be able to outnumber yeah. them on whatever the thing is. So, yeah, I think getting rid of two of those, even if it takes your whole focused fire, um, even at eight, you probably shouldn't lose three. So you should be up at worst six, five. And I think, to your point, that's stuff you need to recognize going into a matchup is what can I afford to lose versus what I need to take out and do that math very quickly as you're uh, setting up in the play. And don't let the Dark Trooper player get rapid reinforcements.
0: Don't don't do that.
1: <laughs> there, there's only one time that's okay, and that's if you're playing a Magna spam. If they if you if the Dark Trooper player reinforces close to you and you can get your magnet to range two at the start, you're okay with that, because you've got the impact plus eight dice with critical and the crit one. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like the one exception. And maybe if you have a Saj.
0: Because you can nuke a dark trooper with Asaj. I I do feel like uh the Dark Knights got pushed out Dark Knights. The Dark Troopers got pushed out uh by the FD Ahsoka list and Cassian hanging around. Uh but then the Ahsoka Cassian FD list kind of got pushed out by the clones. Uh and so like it's in this weird place where like no one's playing these dark troopers because they don't want to get beat by rebels but the real scary thing that like doesn't want to see dark troopers is the clones because then they have to drop off an RPS uh, for something different, you know?
2: Well, and let's be honest. I don't think the Ewok list really want to see dark troopers either. Not, not really. No, they're going to, no. they're going to absolutely melt. They're going to lose. If there's two of them, they're going to lose four activations turn at that point. So um, anybody ahead. who's worried about Ewoks is probably bringing dark troopers up.
1: Yeah, I do think it needs to have the two. Um, because we've seen some remnant v ewok matchups uh across, I don't know if it was streamed at Golden Sprue, but we've we've seen it at uh we've seen it in France, we've seen it in Golden Sprue, we saw one at LVO. Um, if there's only one dark trooper, the Ewoks can kind of take advantage of their activations and get into melee with the death troopers. Um, and then that takes away a lot of the like higher dice range at, or sorry, higher dice pools at range two. Um so there probably does need to be the second Dark Trooper to really feel like you have that clear-cut advantage against the Hordes, whether that's the Wookiees or the Ewoks. Um, But the last point I want to kind of briefly touch on for armor is how much impact do you actually... Like, how do you plan your impact when it comes to armor when you're building a list? Is there a number you shoot for? Like, do you shoot for, I need impact for in my army, and this is how I achieve it? Or is it more of a a feeling based on how much critical you have and
0: how much pierce, etc.? I include my critical as part of my impact. Uh, so whenever I'm I'm counting, I want I want to get to at least six is where I try to aim for. Uh, either you know critical surge to crit uh, and impact with some combination of of that, so that you know we're, with clones especially because you can fire support into a crit shot from Yoda, a crit shot from Anakin, a crit shot from Padme uh you're throwing a lot of dice and a lot you have a lot of aims to hopefully hit a surge or a crit uh to to get through armor if you need to so generally speaking not counting yoda's lightsaber i'm looking at four impact uh probably another two crit critical from guns that my guys are are using uh and then two extra surge to crit to to be able to handle if i if I absolutely have to kill some armor
2: yeah. yeah, I um definitely don't follow the proper rules, I think, for how much impacts in my list, but as a saber throw faithful Anakin, um, not to say I'm not scared of armor, but I have an answer for it. Um, I mean, a snow speeder is going down every turn if I see those if they don't somehow get him off the board first because. And he's just gonna chuck a lightsaber and a z six is gonna add to it with surge crit. Um yeah, I mean to Rich's point, there's there's options. I'd have, I think, two critical in my list. So while it's something that's kind of more of the that's the matchup, if I have to have an uphill battle, I'd rather have it be that one because I still have answers. And I'd rather not add an RPS in place of something that I know is gonna give me more dice and can shoot and move.
1: Yeah, I like, I'm on a similar boat. Um, I do play Anakin with Saber Throw, but I also do have the RPS. I like to have a minimum of five impact in any list that I bring. And I'd like at least, if I don't, sorry, if I keep it to five, I want some of it to have Pierce. If I'm running all impact that has no Pierce backing, like if there is no lightsaber, I do think you need to lean more towards like six or seven, like Rich was talking about, just to make sure that you do have a little bit of protection for the save variants. Because every now and then an ATST will save. I mean, you know, the white surging save is only one paint face less than the red dice. And sometimes it just spikes. And then you're like, oh, I'm fucked. Because the yep. ATST saves five out of six. And you're like, oh, there's half my turn gone.
0: One of the things that we didn't bring up in our, our counter meta is Shadow Collective. I also think that Shadow Collective has a lot of tools in the box uh, to be. More surprising than most co- players are used to playing, uh, if you don't play against a lot of shadow collective, uh, they'll do things that you're you're really scratching your head about, on on many different turns, you know, whether it's Kentucky Dan's, uh, cash me if you can list or, uh, I was playing triple against triple bikes with with uh the bus and mall, um from from Izzy Bodicus, uh which was just it it's able to maneuver fast and it's able to get in quick and and do the melee skew thing but also able to do the uh speeder skew thing which is really cool
1: yeah it's got a lot of um like skewy tactics shadow collective i mean you know, you can have that ultra defensive line with the pikes and bosk, and everyone's got 16 dodges by the time that you shoot them. You can do the bikes and mall, uh, the sorry, the swoops and mall where you can get into your opponent's face on turn one and you're pressuring their weak flanks turn two. It can just roll you over with dice at Black Sun Collective if you're running something like mall Bus and six black suns. Like these are all archetypes that we've seen do very well at tournaments. Um, if you have the answer to them off the get-go, they tend to fall apart. But if you don't have the clear-cut counter for what Shadow Collective is trying to do, it is a miserable time to face. And oftentimes, clones don't have that
0: clear-cut answer. They just have to try to weigh out of weight of dice and saves, hope that the dice are going to do enough uh, to to pull it through. And sometimes they don't. And and like that—that that is one of the things that I think is very true about the meta right now is that clones look like an unbeatable, unstoppable force. Uh, right up until they don't. <laughs> and like, you know, every clone player that has played clones for a long time will tell you, uh, you'll hit a board and all of a sudden this crazy out of the nowhere list that you never could have anticipated has done things in a fashion that you couldn't quite handle with enough force all at once.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent way to put it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like,
2: if you even go back to our game at Spru, I think we both had fairly fair dice throughout the most of the game. Um, But that first big shot I had on you, if you have slightly below or even more than that below average on that first defense roll, like, that's probably game because you lost one unit. And uh, it's a terrifying feeling when your army's like, all right, well, if I have one bad roll, that's it. Like, I know that can be for a lot of people, but when you're running expensive eight activations, I mean make the clone player roll dice. Like, yeah. That's your best way of winning. I I don't think you should rely on dice variants, but if you can get them to a point where at average rolls they might be feeling a little scared or nervous because it's every roll is I don't want to say terrifying because that's super exaggerating, but like every roll is way too pricey for a clone player. Especially one that doesn't have all the
1: defensive tech. If you pick up four dice, four defense dice as a clone player, you're clenching.
0: Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Just like, oh, well, here goes the whole squad. Even
1: if you have the surges, like, it's a tiny sample size it's going to fail at some point. And if you've burnt your dodges and you're still rolling four dice, you feel really bad about it. And just make the clone player do that as often as possible.
2: Yeah. Big dice pools. And picking the time to attack. Don't don't just jump out there and start trying to throw dice. Make sure your attacks are well-timed and you optimize that time when they don't have as many tokens set it up at the beginning of the round know that certain shots you might have to sacrifice a unit and their hit is going to need to hit but that might be the play you need to make you need to just stick something weak in them and i mean it like rich said it falls over real quick it's uh it's a rough avalanche when you start losing a couple models because they just disappear
0: eight acts is not a lot and you know, mass activation or, or uh, as I call it the Wookiees, thick activations uh, are really upsetting. You know, they they can get in there and all of a sudden, you know, your whole plan of oh well Yoda is going to do a standby and do this really cool, you know, force push into getting their shot off. Now you have to do that to two to three different units because they all got into melee and cool, you're you're in trouble. Uh, so get it in there uh when you need to if that's your list, being mobile if that's your list, or or making sure that your shots count if you're doing the ranged gun line thing.
1: So let's wrap up our worlds talk here with um like two dark horse lists that we think might work. Um and when I say a dark horse list, what I mean is that something that's not considered traditional meta um that you think can make the deep run at worlds, you know, something that can go that eight and and, and win it all. Would anybody like to go first?
2: I have uh, a, I have a what if.
1: <laughs> sure, let's hit it.
2: I think if scale didn't change, Grievous and Geo's would be absolutely terrifying because he could just get in there, move as quick as he can around the table. And he doesn't care about these Inquisitors saying you can't force push me because he can't do it anyway. Um, they can support him by just following him up with their moves. And the tables are dense now. Uh, I think at Grievous' height, tables were a little more open across the average Legion area, except for Nick's amazing tables, which have always been great. Um, But yeah, I I think he would be, I think he could do some stuff, um, especially scale and relentless. Like he could just be poking with them. And then to your point, um, you know, most of these lists don't have anything for when Anakin and Yoda get in. I'm not, I don't think he's the answer, but he's going to slow them down a lot, especially surging a crit against them.
1: So do you think something like a, if you just put Maul in the place of Grievous here could work instead?
2: I think the... Because if I'm not mistaken, Grievous has block. Yes. The the, the keyword that two people in the game have. Uh, I guess all of the non-Republic Jedi now have. Or no, I guess they don't. They only have it. Sorry, they have deflect. But yeah, I think that the deflect nerf uh, really really still hampers him because if he dives into arcs, they're just gonna kick him to death. And then you know fire support. But like if you lose your what 150 point grievous and he killed some stuff, you're you're probably okay with that.
0: I, I am gonna say mull in, in some super commandos. Uh I think that it is an underutilized combo for the Shadow Collective. Uh, where they're currently, you know, they do the mobile thing. They do the, I have a force push thing that you're you're probably looking for. Uh, and if they have the bikes, if it's the bike version with the super commandos, then you have a lot of fast moving flanking attackers that you can make some hay with.
1: I think my dark horse pick is kind of a cop out, but I'm going to say Bosk. Um, I think Bosk fits a lot of different list archetypes at the moment, and I would not be surprised in the slightest if you see him make a deep run. Um, You can fit Bosk and Maul together. You can fit Bosk with Geonosians. Um, You can run a pretty nasty Bosk Seventh Sister list if you want to go to Empire and try a gunline that way. He fits into a lot of different archetypes, and he does a lot of very effective things with Suppressive against the Geonosians, Surge Crit against the clones if they don't have SA, Range four poking if you're trying to kite something. He's got that surge crit pierce for armor. Like you know, he does a lot. Um, so I think I think if there's something that flies under the radar that does well at of it, it'll be Bosk. But let's uh. Yeah, I was hoping
2: right. you. I was hoping you forgot to say surge crit against armor because that was what I was to contribute to this segment. Was uh yeah, like it's not the ideal thing to be shooting at, but if it's something you need to get rid of in that matchup, like surge crit can shoot twice he's got that one turn where he's guaranteed five crits pierce
1: one yeah i mean you're taking out half of literally any armor vehicle when you have flying in wait you know five yeah. pierce one is going to do a lot of damage to a tank
2: hopefully especially if it's a uh, white save it's probably doing yeah. four or five
1: but let's wrap up with a little best worst then kind of do a nice nice tidy bow and we're going to do a little twist this week because I feel like we've kind of exhausted all the good categories. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, we've hit our special forces, we've hit vehicles, and we've hit non-force users. I think people have kind of beat to death force users lately when it comes to, to ranking them in tiers. You know, we, we've talked to that one ad nauseum. Um, we've lamented the status of operatives in GAR. We've praised the flexibility of bounty hunters. Um, let's do keywords. And that's like okay. any kind of unit ability keyword. So like, what do we think is the best keyword in Legion? And what do we think is the
0: worst? Plotting. Okay. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. They fixed cumbersome so that it's actually useful uh, now because you can shoot first and then move. Uh, but plotting is the most devastating keyword. It's very necessary for the dark troopers, but it doesn't feel great on your eweb for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean it's so bad it was literally taken out of the game before it was brought back as a hamper, as a con for taking a unit. Yeah. yeah. Pat, what do you think the worst keyword is? Just the worst. Yeah, let's start with the worst. Are we
2: talking? Are we talking gameplay experience or like the worst actual keyword?
1: However you want to phrase it.
2: Because I think, I think the dumbest one is low profile. Uh, I think cover should stop it too. Um, the Ewoks would probably need some tweaking then, but I just think canceling three before dodges is, is a little, uh, oh, it. it's a little. I much. love it. A little much.
0: I love it so much.
2: <laughs> oh man. Um, but I guess you could also argue argue that Exemplar fits that same mold if we're talking uh, gameplay experience.
1: Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, man, it's very difficult to <laughs> have a fun time against it.
2: Deflect is the worst keyword.
0: It is. It's terrible. It's a terrible it, keyword.
2: Because as it's written, I mean, as much as I started that as a joke, it, on top of the choke changes, killed Dooku, um, killed Maul. You no, know, I, I haven't seen a Ventress since she came out because of changes. Uh, I saw. I think I saw a couple, and it's a shame because they're awesome units that people want to play, and um, I don't see the harm in them. Somehow using their lightsaber to block punches in melee. Um, it <laughs> seems pretty, pretty fair for uh, you know 150 to 220 point
0: unit. For sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you know, if we've got one that's so bad it was taken out of the game, and a few that are you know terrible NP. I guess I'll go for like worst gameplay. Um, I think expert climber is the worst keyword in the game, other than plotting. Ooh. Like it doesn't height to terrain scale. is so scale. At least scale gives you unhindered. And that's the only saving grace (laughs) I can think of off the top of my head. Expert Climber doesn't even give you that. It's like literally part of scale. (laughs) Um, But I think like climbing down from height 2 just so very rarely happens and is ever even possible. It's very difficult to transport and just travel with height 2 terrain, let alone have things that you're climbing on top of or giving good gameplay reasons so it's just a keyword that people are paying for that you don't even need. And when's the last time you saw a grappling hook?
2: Never. Was 2018. Say, that's
1: an
2: it's two points for something you're never going to use.
1: Yeah. Um, but Rich, what do you think the best keyword is? Because I think there's a a lot of really really good contenders here.
0: Uh, it it's got to be exemplar for me. Exemplar is uh a keyword that every support commander, from Leia to veers to krennic would love to have uh the ability to share tokens from the get-go is very powerful um and and it's either exemplar or independent for me but i i think i give it to exemplar
1: i mean we joked earlier that it's the padme meta and that's i mean that's why (laughs) it's that keyword pat what do you think
2: i'm gonna be a homer here um there's there's so many good ones to choose from um i'm gonna pick one that a lot of people probably don't like and it's gonna be fire support it gives you i guess mostly as a clone player gives you an option to just absolutely deal with something that you do not feel like dealing with you're just like all right as long as this goes as it should that thing's gone or at least like we said it helps with the armor um I mean, you're chucking three red plus whatever units add into Anakin. Surge crit, probably. Um, impact three. It's always, it's yeah, always I mean, fun to
0: pick up a, a bowl of dice and just throw them at, at the table. It just feels good. It just feels good, even yeah. when it rolls bad.
2: Ironically enough, uh, since I did just say I haven't seen one on the table in a while, the last time I played Massage, uh, I started a round off where she had to roll 15 red defense dice to to see if she lived and i mean even at average you're not surviving that so yeah um i'm gonna go with fire support
1: i'm gonna go with unstoppable i think that it is a keyword that literally gives you another activation is disgustingly good and it's only kept in check by the fact that it's on a 200 point unit right now at least we do win Right, if you ever saw like a 160-point unstoppable unit, um, if the unit itself is even halfway proficient, that keyword would make it the unit to play, because you're getting two for one for free. And so the Dark Trippers, obviously... Next... What's
2: up? More of it. Empire will get more of that next, is what you're saying.
1: Um, I think there's a couple of things that Empire could get that have unstoppable like thematically that would yeah. be cool um i hope it's a keyword that we never see more of except for mace windu um because it just seems to fit him so well but I, I think that's the strongest one in the game it's just kept down by the fact that you're on a 200 point unit and it's a 200 point unit that has plotting Yeah, you know the, the keyword is so good they literally had to bring back one that we cut from the game to make it viable so,
0: you know this is a question maybe maybe we'll answer next time we we meet up Do you think that the last round of nerfs that dark troopers took that blizzard took uh, in the wake of the meta that we've seen develop were necessary, or could they have been toned down a little?
1: Um, I think that they, I think the nerfs to the units themselves were fine. Um, I think it is an unintentional side effect that other Gameplay rule changes that happened at the same time positively impacted the things that were already halfway decent against the units that got nerfed, like choke, like deflect. Taking away the potency of choke and deflect artificially boosted the stock. Well, actually, tangibly boosted the stock of the units that it was good against, aka clones, fire support, you know, heavy impact that then doubled down the pain that the nerfs inflicted to Blizzard and Dark Troopers. I think the nerfs are fine. I think the nerfs in combination with the buffs that other units received are not okay.
2: It's kind of like what we saw with the clones when Rex first got hit. It was too many things at once that affected not just him, but clones in general. Um, and seems like you were hinting at Vader pretty heavily there. But um, yeah, I mean, he he got crushed because he got hit by this list got more expensive or you can't take this and then choke's not as good. Um, like Vader's still scary, but the fact that he can't pick up my Z six out of his choice. Um, I think the rule change wasn't great, but I'm not mad about it as a player of the unit that doesn't want to get picked up off the table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm just going to enjoy it while it's like this. That's fine.
1: Same. And then before we run, just want to do our usual plug. Um, thank you guys for joining us as always. It's always a pleasure to chat. Um, thank you listeners for tuning in. If you're interested at all, check out the 5th Trooper Patreon. Um, I forget this at the start of every single episode, so I'm sure Jay will remind me again. Um, but check us out on Patreon. You can join our Discord. You can come hang out with us. Um, we do play games. We chat with, the, chat with the group and such, so feel free to, to join us there. Um, And then if you're local to the area here, um, we do have a couple tournaments coming up that have been recently announced. Um, There is a tournament on March 2nd at um, Top Deck Games in New Jersey. It's going to be a warm-up tournament for Worlds. There is no player cap. Uh, The player cap is as many tables as Nick can supply, so it's capped at 64. So don't be afraid to sign up. You will (laughs) be able to play. Um, And Inquisitors will be legal. Uh, So if you have an Inquisitor proxy, just send it to Nick, and you'll be able to proxy it for that event. It's intended for an Adepticon warmup, so we're going to try to play with everything that's available for Adepticon. And then on Saturday, April 27th, I know this is a little bit further out, but there's going to be a tournament, the Keystone Classic 2 in Wilkes-Barre. Um, last year we hosted, I shouldn't say we, last year it was hosted at um, a hotel just outside of the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area. It was really nice. Um, we had our own little ballroom for it. So they're going to be putting that one on again. And uh, signups for the Game Up link are available there if you uh, search for Keystone Classic 2 on the website. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Um, We'll chat with you in a couple weeks. And stay warm, stay safe this winter.